In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley. And the one, the only, podcast partner in crime, the Abbott, no, the Costello to my Abbott, is the one and only, Travis Ratz. I stole your line. Travis Ratz here. Are you still there? (laughs) 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 Travis Ratz. (laughs) (laughs) That's the kind of of podcast it's going to be today, folks. It is. It is. Ladies and gentlemen, you... Your ears are being delighted right now by the Comic Exposure Podcast, where Travis and I speak about comic books. And we do a couple things. Some of our episodes, our variant editions, involve Travis and I shooting the proverbial shite about what's going on in nerd culture, what's going on in the comic world and movies and all that. But you, ladies and gentlemen, you are in for a comic book club episode. I Travis would say, and I, I would say yeah. the comic book club episode is our bread and butter. It is. It is our bread and butter. It yeah. is what we've built our foundation on. It's what Correct. gets us out of bed in the morning. It gets me real hard. <laughs> hard out of bed. <laughs> so, <laughs> so on this very episode, guys, we are doing something that makes me so happy. I don't think Travis knows how happy this episode makes me. Okay. He might know when he shits all over the book that we're going to talk about. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But we are reading, uh, and it's really not the book we're reading. It's the medium in which we're reading that makes me entirely happy. So I've talked about this many times on the pad- podcast, guys. I have a love for 80s Marvel graphic novels that makes no sense to me. I don't understand it. I didn't have them as a kid. Mm-hmm. I have no connection to them in my youth or any sort of like nostalgia for them. But it's something that I found and I love. And so we were looking for a book to do uh, for the podcast. And I said, Travis, let's do Motor Girl. And Travis is like, dude, it's too long. I haven't gotten it yet. <laughs> my second week of school. I got a lot of shit to do. <laughs> and I said, okay. I just read a Marvel graphic novel that I picked up that I think would be just just a fun a fun romp to discuss because it's short that's the one beauty of these books they're pretty short mm-hmm. and it was how much was it on uh, comicsology uh i think it was 4.99 maybe 4.99 for this gem on comicsology so what we're reading is marvel Gra- marvel graphic novel daredevil uh love and war that's the name of it love and war by frank miller this is the, this is the best part Story by Frank Miller and art by Bill uh, Simkevich and two comic book like all stars crammed together in this weirdly shaped book. Travis, you don't have the joy of holding this weird copy of this thing. I I have the legit copy of it because I have I have I have way too many of these. And uh, so it's cardboard, cardboard cover slick pages on the inside it's french sized 
Uh, it's a little different than French size. It but sounds like your pages might be sticky at this point, Josh. No, 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 no. You're talking about this no. book. No, slick like a, a, a newborn oh, deer fresh oh, from okay. the womb. I got it. I got it. You're loving this book a little bit too much. I'm just, I'm just, I'm hoping it stays right. slick and not sticky. Yes. And it is, it's about eight and a half by 11. It's literally like a sheet of paper is the size of this thing. Uh, and it is wonderful. I love these. I have so many of these damn things. Don't tell my wife. I'm not going to list how many I have because then if she listens, she'll go, ah, wah, ah, wah, wah. Josh has told me that if he ever passes away through mis- uh, mysterious circumstances, to immediately come to his house and remove all the oversized comic books so his wife yeah. doesn't see his secret shame. Right, right. It's I don't need you to clear my browsing history. What I need <laughs> you to do is remove all the oversized uh, graphic novels from from my house. Um, but so, Travis, did you do any digging about this format, or did you just go right into the book? Well, Did you do I, any research for this thing? I believe you had uh, pulled this out. You whipped this book out on me this summer. I, I want to say like you threw it out on the oh, table. Oh, I think I did. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. S- you slammed it right on the table and you said, look at this. And I said, looks good. Looks good. It's a nice looking comic you got there, Josh. Now put it away, please. He said, you said, look at the size of this thing. I go, yeah, it's big. It's a big, it's a big comic book, Josh. Um, and, You're making me feel bad. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> uh i was like okay but we didn't we didn't talk about it very much and you brought it up to me and uh i didn't have time to order this on amazon and get it in my my hands so i had to order it on comiXology which i don't do a lot of so first of all i had to like re-update my ipad which took like two hours <laughs> it, took, it took it took longer to re-update my ipad and get kindle on there and download this book than it took to read the book um <laughs> And that one's on you, Amazon. That's on you. <laughs> That's on you, Amazon. Um, and I really, I, I, we'll talk about why we like this. It was, this was really fun. This was a really fun experience, which would have only been better if I actually had this in my hands. But at the same time, I will talk about when we, when we start talking about the actual content, I will talk about a cool feature of the uh, Kindle reading experience that makes this book that highlights what is awesome about this book. All right, all right. So I want to give a little background for folks who don't know about these weird piece of Marvel history that took place in the early 80s and went through the early 90s. So Marvel decided that they wanted to sort of cash in on uh, this. They they wanted to push this idea of uh, going into books, right? Um, they, they wanted to, they wanted to kind of look at this idea of creating these European format books. And so in 1982, it took a couple of years for them to get this ready. 1982 is when the first one comes out and it is the death of Captain Marvel, which is a fantastic little read. I have it. I love it. And they went on to make a whole bunch of these. They numbered them. I think Marvel numbered them through 20. And then after 20, they stopped numbering them. They just came out willy-nilly until like the early 90s. Um, but you've got the first appearance of New Mutants comes out of one of these Marvel graphic novels, which also, I Also, I believe it's uh, it's uh, Sienkiewicz on that one too, right? Uh, yeah, I think. Um, I don't remember off. Let's see. Irrelevant. It Irrelevant. Is, Continue with your yeah, history. I'm, it I'm, is not. It is Bob McCloud. But anyways. I, I am enthralled. Continue. So so they, they started releasing these things, and some of them were these big sort of... I mean, you look at something like New Mutants, 
uh, ran for a hundred issues after this, right? Claremont writes it, um, and it becomes this big thing. And uh, X Men God Loves Man Kills is on there, and then some really weird ones that I have that I love. Um, I've got one Kill Raven, fun little book, Super Boxers, which is a future where there's like weird cybernetic boxing. It's like a weird dystopian future, right? Oh, I thought it was like uh, boxer dogs. Like this is about nope, like we love nope. this breed of dog. Yes, no. There's there's like uh, there's a Doctor Strange one. There's a really cool Spider Man one uh, where the art's by Bernie Wrightson, and so it's so creepy and gross and awesome. It's called Spider Man Hooky. Um, there's Wolfpack. There's all this stuff comes out of here. All these different like weird little books come come out of this and some really cool stuff and um i have a good collection of them because whenever i find them travis i gotta pick one up and where, i have to where do you f- typically find these things at? so at comic cons or at in the throwaway boxes at uh at comic shops right so most comic shops have this box where they put mad magazines mm-hmm. oversized books and stuff like this and i dig through those and i go well shit and i grab it and i'm like i'll take this and they go it's three dollars i'm like suck and i run away with it it's it might not be worth anything you so like my new mutants one is is a pretty i mean it's not cheap i didn't spend too much money on it but the first new mutants it's a first version of it it's the first time they're out uh, a first printing of it is pretty good um i've got a couple different ones that fall into that category um that they're just there's just something really cool about this format that i love and i don't know why but everybody was doing books like this first comics was doing books like this epic comics was doing books this size uh dc did stuff like this but they didn't do this size they did normal comic book size but they did cardboard cover slick inside so like an oversized issue now do you know like what like what was the fallout of this like why just it didn't catch on it was it didn't fit in like the regular bags and boards so collectors in the 90s were like i don't want it well i think they moved i think they really there was this time period if you think about the 90s everything moved to the these big single issue things i don't know exactly why it died um but it dies you know sort of in the late 90s uh or i'm sorry uh, late 80s early 90s and so there's this change in comic books where i mean you and i grew up in it right like yeah. we were kids in this in this time period of the 90s when comic books did this big weird thing and they went away from these oversized stories to just back to serialized takes and foil covers and, yeah and foil covers and all that stuff and you know this is like you know what i now, say you know what i say josh foil huh. me once shame on you shame on you foil, foil me, me twice. twice shame on me shame on me shame on reticulated reticulated covers <laughs> george bush foil, foil me three times and you ain't gonna foil, foil me again. You won't foil me. I can't. I can't be foiled. But so I really love these these things, and I, and and I think like right now, I think maybe why I love it is because this this show we always read graphic novels. It's what we do. We we do a book club with graphic novels. We read a volume, and we're good. I love these because they're all single shot little graphic novels. They're not as long. They're not six issues. They're probably about two and a half, mm-hmm. maybe three, right? At most, maybe no. It's probably it's probably about forty pages. Yeah, 
Uh, this you is know, long yeah. on, on here. It's 60 something. 60. Okay. Uh, so it yeah, it's so 65 pages. Yeah. So it's about three issues, right? They, yeah. they run about three issues. Perfect, perfect amount for an arc. Right. And I think like we've moved away from like now everything is written for the graphic novel, right? Like every serialized book is written five, pa- five issues Boom. We put it out as a graphic for novel. The tra- yeah, for the trade release. Yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. the trade. Yeah. And so this is before that. And these stories were written just for this. They, they weren't written and put in single issues. They were written in this format. And so it really lets these authors tell a, th- a three-issue story at one time. Yeah, I, the way that's a good point. And that's the way I felt about this uh, story is it really embraces the short story format. You know, uh, you weren't a lit major in college, but you might have had a literature no. class, and you got those big anthologies, these big, yeah. thick mofos, and they'd have a bunch of short stories in it. You get like a Burkowski short story, or like a Hemingway short story, or a Faulkner barn burning short story. You know, eight pages of just like yeah. dense, dense prose. This format um, captures that writing style. It allows right. someone like Miller to just tell an all-encompassing story that doesn't have to have that cliffhanger and then exposition again, cliffhanger, then exposition repeat four times. So right. they don't it's it's less redundant than the comic form that we're used to with the graphic novel that becomes a trade and stuff like especially, that. Especially especially in the 80s cuz I mean when we go back and we read some of this stuff, when you go back and read these, especially we went back and read Claremont stuff, right? And that gets very much like so very prosy, very repetitive. Oh, I'm introducing Wolverine again. Here's a here's a box that's going to tell you all about Wolverine. And, they're and always, then the, the next, characters are always like, "Wow, I really wish we didn't just fight that guy." I'm like, I just just saw that. It's happened yeah. on this page. <laughs> and so, and modern comics don't do that because they're built for the trade. Yeah. And so this really allowed these these artists and these authors to kind of create these short stories and not in, in, I guess all comics are short stories, essentially like one 24 page book is, is a short story. You know, you can do a one-off, but this really let them stretch the medium at the same time of being able to tell like a concise story. Yeah. Without, I, 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 th- I think, it, I think, like I said, I think it really is. This is just a short story medium with, comic book panels right right so let's get into it travis let's you, get into it let me unwrap this you and i you and i have read some frank miller daredevil before oh, yeah. we read his first i don't know first 12 issues yeah, go back that he did. To, it's probably within our first 20 episodes so yeah. like 2015 ish go back listen yeah. to it we did frank miller daredevil volume one and we thought it was it was a it was a schlog for us, but, but it was it really was, good. Yeah, it's like eating your broccoli. You're like, ugh. But afterwards, right. you're like, that was good for me. But we get to this, and this is 86, right? So this is this comes out in 86. What did you think about? Let's just let's just start so story, is, and then is, we'll then we'll compare after the Dark Knight, right? The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. what do you think? What do you think about this bad boy? Well, what do you think let of the me, story? Let me hit you with the let me hit the audience with a little recap. A little synopsis okay. of this. All right, let's do the uh, synopsis. All right, so what we op- we do is we open up on Kingpin uh, and Kingpin's. Uh, what's the what's the wife's name? Um, they, they say it a bunch of times in here. Uh, Jan- Jeanette, Janine, 
Vanessa. Uh, Vanessa. Okay. Uh, and Vanessa, the, his the first line of the comic book. <laughs> Vanessa. <laughs> first panel. First word said. All right. <laughs> This is the problem with Kindle reading, man. I'm like, no, I get it. I get it. Um, and Vanessa is in, she's sick. She's like this kind of comatose. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter what she has. She's just out of the way. And we don't need to know. And yeah. Kingpin is, is trying to find a cure for her. Uh, and in order to do this, he gets a specialist um, who can help cure Vanessa, whatever's ailing her. But to ensure that this specialist does his best work, uh, he has one of his, henchman kidnapped this the doctor specialist's wife who is this blind woman right and would you remember her name so can you use it i didn't write it down shoot i did like clarice or that's no that's it does it does start with something like that it's It's, um cheryl cheryl Cheryl. uh kidnap uh kidnaps cheryl who is this blind woman all right, Daredevil gets involved just tangentially because that's King- my favorite part, dude. <laughs> it's like Daredevil just stumbles upon this shit and like saves the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's just Kingpin, so there's always Daredevil around. So tangentially, yeah. Daredevil gets mixed into this thing. Um, this uh, the henchman that, that that Kingpin has sent to kidnap this doctor's wife is unstable. Uh, yeah. he's on pills. He's like manic. Uh, and he falls in love with his uh, hostage, uh, yeah. and has all and these it gets really creepy. Dude. It gets real creepy. Um, and then we have, of course, Daredevil stepping in, and he takes Cheryl at one point. Uh, and then, like, there's which all is this like kind the of... sexiest Daredevil oh, leaps yeah. we'll ever. Get to that man. moment. We'll get to that, <laughs> that sexy beat. Um, and so, at the end, as you can imagine, uh, well, actually, uh, this is actually the cool part that we'll talk about. A little bit more in depth. Uh, Daredevil doesn't save the day in a traditional way. It's more like uh, Kingpin lets go of Vanessa. Like he lets her leave. We find out that Vanessa is afraid of Kingpin. Kingpin, instead of trying to persuade her or or uh, get hit, her to love him, says, all right, you know, if you love something, let it go. So he ends up letting uh, the doctor and Vanessa go. Which is just, it's, man, I, so, thank you for the recap. You're let's, welcome, let's, let's, let's Josh, get into this Josh, thing, man. Josh, yeah. you're welcome. I appreciate it, I appreciate it. So, I am, I'm so geeked to talk about this book. And, like, I had read it once over the summer, I read it again for this, for this, for this episode, and this time, I liked it even more. I, I enjoyed it even more, and we'll talk about Sinkevich in a second, but let's talk about Frank Miller. Let's talk about this story. What did you think about this this Kingpin? Loved it. Uh, Kingpin is, is I wouldn't say protagonist. He's not our hero in this, but this is a Kingpin story because yeah. uh, he is the only character who changes. Um, the only character who changes in the story is Kingpin and maybe Vanessa, right? But uh, I would say it's Kingpin's story. So when we look at a story arc and we look at uh, which character has the most character change, it is Kingpin. Kingpin goes from someone at the beginning who is this crime boss but is distracted because of his love for this woman. And at the end of it, when he releases the woman, the last pages of Kingpin are... Um, juxtaposed with the first opening of Kingpin, the first opening pages are Kingpin talking about his power, but at the same time, 
distracted and talking about his love and how much he loves uh, Vanessa. The last pages after he lets go of Vanessa are just him talking about his power. So without the love of this woman, he has gone back to this kind of, uh, he's de-evolved back into this Megaline monster, monster right? Yeah, right. It was a real Beauty and the Beast story. Without the beauty, he just becomes the beast again. Um, yeah, and so I thought that was a real poetic way to bookend this piece is with that kingpin, and therefore making it the kingpin's story. Right? What did you think about kingpin in this? Because he's not in a lot of panels. No, no, but I really, I think you're right. This idea that we get to see Kingpin go from like, I will do anything to protect this woman. And then the revelation is that she wants to leave, right? And this idea, like she's playing with these, the doctors. So there's something wrong with her. She's not talking. She's not communicating, whatever it is. There, there, there's something wrong with her. And so at one point he's got her playing with these blocks and she ends up spelling escape, but like X cape. Let me ask you a question. It, How long did yeah. it take you to get that idea? It took me like 10 minutes of staring at these blocks being like, what is, I don't get it. And I'm like, oh, escape. And I was like, oh, escape. I felt like <laughs> such a buffoon. I was, I was a real uh, moron. I, I love, so, it's, so the way it's spelled out is X-K-A-Y-P. Yeah. So X-K-A-Y-P. <laughs> And so he sees it like he's watching her like go through all these treatments. He's like watching her on TV screens. He's not in there. He's really apart from her, this whole thing. And he sees that and you can like it just you can see it break the kingpin. Breaks his heart. And there's it breaks and there's little, it breaks his little baby looking heart. <laughs> right. And he literally you're right. At the end, he goes back. I've created this empire, right? Like yeah. I've created yeah. this empire of sin. What's the line at the very end? Let me find it. I have built an empire on human sin. I am feared by the honest, the wicked elected officials obey my will as swiftly as the lowest pimps and pushers. I have everything I desired. Right. And so he's like, Nope, I'm going to push her out of my mind. And that to me is like, Oh, like you don't get to see the next part of the story, but you know, the next part of the story is like, he goes ham and totally like yeah. screws up and like just messes with everything. He literally on that last page, he he just engorges the whole panel. He just takes up the whole panel. He consumes and, everything with his presence. Right. And that's because Sinkevich is he's not a comic book artist. He yeah. is a artist. Yeah. Well, he, can we can we, I, I don't want to get into Sinkevich right now because we okay. haven't <laughs> talked about like the rest of the story. And Sinkevich right. is gonna take up most of this conversation. Uh, All right. <laughs> so, uh, so Kingpin, I, I, I really like that. I think it is his story. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about. Let, let's go to the other one we follow a lot, which is the other villain in here, which is Vincent. Vincent yeah. is the the henchman who uh, kidnaps the doctor's wife, Cheryl. Cheryl. Yeah, kidnaps Cheryl, and um, who who I think has the most screen time, so to speak, right. in this book. Uh, so, what are your what are your like the the character's really weird. Very Miller and super Miller. Very 80s. What do you, but how, what do we mean when we say very Miller? Well, he talks to himself. Mm -hmm. He is very interested in, he wants to hurt, but is it, there's something keeping him from hurting Cheryl, right? He talks about how he wants to do bad stuff to her. I mean, Frank Miller writes a lot of like, um, sexual aggression stuff. There, there's just no way around it. Like that's, that's just, what he does 
Right. And, and so he just does that. I mean, Frank Miller writes, whether it's the killing joke, whether it's sin city, whether it, you know, he, uh, Batman year one focuses in on sort of like a brothel, all that stuff. And so that's a part of what he writes and it's very eighties, right? Like eighties, New York is this sort of like, Sin Den. I think Sin City is the closest uh, comparison to this. Some of those short stories in Sin City feel like this. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's very much writing this character who is just mentally unstable, um, talks to himself. It's Travis Bickle from The Taxi Driver, almost. Right, right. Um, You know, he talks to himself. He goes to visit his sister um, to, like, get you know, help. And she tries to help him, but he threatens her and like hides in a closet the whole night. It's so, it's so bizarre. It's such a like creepy character. Um, and I think one of the best parts is that the rescuing doesn't take the final rescue doesn't take place by daredevil. No. Right. Like Cheryl manages to save herself from this guy. Um, that daredevil kind of like puts her in harm's way by bringing him. That was a kind of the cool thing. Like it all is happenstance. This whole story is happenstance. Yes. It's a, it's a short story about a kidnapping and love that happens to have hair, uh, hair devil, (laughs) daredevil. Um, that's great. I want to start a metal band called hair devil, um, on there. And this character of Vincent that we were, we were talking about, is one of the one of the great things about about this character, which it has been done before, is this yeah. hallucination. He right. he is living in this fantasy world where he is the knight, white knight in shining armor, coming to save uh, this Cheryl. Cheryl, yeah, this, damsel in distress, this, this princess. Damsel in distress. Meanwhile, we have Daredevil who is coming to save this damsel in distress, and then we have Kingpin. Who, who wants to save his dare? He wants to save his damsel. He wants in to distress. save his damsel in distress. And so here we have Vincent, who goes about in the exact opposite way as Kingpin. Uh, Vincent can't let go, right? And so right. he tries to consume, like he tries to force his love upon this this woman to the point where he basically tries to rape her. Uh, yeah. And and Kingpin, instead of who you might think might take that step, doesn't. He lets it go. So we have these two kind of damsel in the stress stories that are just done differently. And poor Vincent gets the tragic aspect of it. Right. And and so let's talk about this sort of happenstance nature of this story, right? Mm-hmm. Like Kingpin is too busy. So he, he hires this guy who's not really one of his henchmen. He hires some one-off guy to do it, right? And this guy happens to be a psycho, right? He goes out of his network. Gets this psycho guy to kidnap. It's like a psycho killer, Kiskase. Yeah, Kiskase. And it ends up like Daredevil only finds out about it because he goes to the like he goes to Josie's bar and gets like wrapped up into all of this stuff, and he ends up capturing Turk, and Turk tells him about it, and then um he ends up saving cheryl and taking cheryl back to his house because cheryl's blind it doesn't matter right he's like i can take her to my house doesn't she won't know where i've taken her she won't know that i'm daredevil and then because because uh the psycho guy because vincent almost gets hit by a car he wants to sue and so he remembers murdoch 
from the legal services because he was reading the papers like uh, a library yeah yeah and then he then he goes to their office and then decides all right well i'm gonna go to matt murdoch's house because he's not they're not at their offices late at night so i'm gonna go to his house and that's when he finds cheryl again right you could call it happenstance you could call it uh lazy storytelling uh but I don't, I don't think it's i don't it's not the driving aspect of the story so i think even M- miller is kind of like winking like i yeah i know this is coincidence but just it's it's not the main point keep keep reading i kind of i kind of like the coincidence because there's all these pieces like he never would have taken cheryl to his house because if she could see right, right. so there's all these little pieces that i don't i think it's this oh, very okay. I see what you're saying. You know, it's this very kind of like it's this quirky thing that all of them are getting piled into this story. Yeah. And I I kind of like it a lot. I th- I really enjoyed I really enjoyed the the three issue kind of base, right? Like I'm going to tell this story, it's done, you decide what happens next cuz you'll you'll never know. Cuz I'm not going to tell that story. Right. And there's something about it. There's something about that when that happens in books or movies, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to know. Right. Do, do you remember when you watched Stranger Things for the first time mm-hmm. and it ended and you're like, oh, that's great. I don't want to know what happens. That's yeah. perfect. That was me when they Gabby and I found out there was a second season and I was like, boo, because I didn't I wanted it to be this perfect encapsulated. It's done. Yeah. And I in and this you get that because there isn't anything else. And that's fantastic. Well, it's very much, it reminds me, I, we talked about, you know, uh, Taxi Driver and like Mean Streets, Scorsese. It's very much like 70s New York film in this. It, yeah. Like the French Connection. Uh, yeah. It's, it's this dark grittiness. Like Miller's definitely of that same school as, as those screenwriters and directors who are just like, yeah. let's show the dirt and the grit uh, of of New York, these, these deplorable characters. We're gonna make them the focus of the story. Uh, these anti heroes, and and I wouldn't even say they're heroes in this. They're just, just anti, you know, scum. Like like like, a, like I said, Travis Bickle type character. And so uh, the coincidence, you're right. It does. I, I looking at what you're saying. I, I I do agree with you. There is there is some art to how he lines all these events up, and it's it's right. not just lazy storytelling. And um, that's the only way you're going to do it in three issues, right? Yeah. Like, that's the way you tell this story in what essentially amounts to three comic books. Yeah, it's a first act, second act, third act, you know? It's like yeah. that traditional storytelling on there. So it's... I, I, I do... I do like that. Can I give you my criticism on the story aspect? Of oh, yeah. Yeah, give it to me. Um, I feel like some of the dialogue wasn't Miller's best at, at his best in this. When you look at like the Dark Knight or even some of the uh, – in that beginning Daredevil uh, trade that we read several podcasts yeah. ago, towards the end of it when his dialogue started getting really good, I don't think it's as uh, uh, good as Sin City stuff. Uh, it feels – some lines feel a little bit cliché. Um, some uh, of the the pieces feel like, oh, we're just borrowing this from other things. Uh, but then you got to realize, hey, this isn't a new comic. This is from the 1980s. So maybe people have just borrowed so much from this t- style of storytelling since then, you know. But I felt like some some of the lines were a little bit cliche. I, I don't like as as the depiction of Daredevil in this is a, a little bit weird. I like it because it makes me laugh, like the fireplace, Matt Murdock. Uh, and I also uh, like um, when he's uh, 
Well, so we'll talk about Daredevil in a second. Yeah. But what do you what do you think about uh, the the dialogue? What I was what I was just talking yeah, about. I think I think you're right, and I think I would say I get your criticism, and this isn't me trying to carry water for a yeah. 1986 graphic novel, yeah. but I think like most of this is essentially the background voice of a crazy person, right? And I will agree with you. I think the other part of the problem is. When we look at Daredevil, most of what we hear from Daredevil is internal monologue. And I I don't love there's like that's very 80s, all of the internal monologue. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's and that's the part where I go, well, some of that's kind of, you know, some of it's a little hokey every once in a while. Um, but I really kind of like this um this this daredevil who obviously gets super hurt, right? Like that's the great part about daredevil. He's like, yep, just dislocated my shoulder. Just ripped. There goes, he's like, I, my, I feel yeah. my tendons pulling apart from my back. Right. You know, like his yeah. shoulder. That's amazing. That's great. Yeah. But I, I agree. I mean, I mean, it's an 80, it's 1986, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, the year you, was 1986. 86. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Miller was writing a hit. <laughs> who was in the white so, house in 86? Is that Reagan still? Reagan, yeah. Right. It was little Reagan years. Cigarettes were 50 <laughs> cents a pack, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, let's talk about, let's talk about. Um, well, can I ask you a question yeah. that I didn't get? Yeah. What was with the Monday thing? I, 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 maybe I skipped over that. Why did the psycho guy keep saying, like, it's not Monday? It's not Monday. Oh, not because Friday. it's French. And so I, her name was, I think it was probably Monday, but it wasn't Monday. Oh, okay. Okay. Like did her he name was Monday. in the beginning? Well, her name is Mondot. Is her oh, her last okay. name is Mondot? Yeah. And so he keeps referring back to not Monday. Got it. Got like, it. I don't know if her name is pronounced Monday, and so his tick was it's Monday, but not Monday. Got it. Got it. Okay, that's yeah. actually that's actually pretty brilliant. Yeah. Right. So it gives him this very sort of Rain Manny quality. Yeah. Not, in, not, in not the, Monday. Definitely. Definitely yeah. not Monday. <laughs> and, but I yeah. And so that was a weird tick. So let's let's talk about. The real reason why this thing is is a is a goddamn gem. Mm. What did you think? I know, like, what did you think of this Bill Senkevich man? This, what did you think of it? I, I, this is this is the 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 most beautiful comic that I might say that I have ever seen. Like, it is it, so artsy, it, and I'm not I'm not like, hyperbolizing on that. Like, you know, before people think like, oh, Alex Ross is the master of like the artistic painting grand style of comics this guy it blows this this issue blows anything i've seen out of the water like it's oh it's so good josh like everything is just every panel and i was what i was going to talk about earlier is i was reading this on the kindle and i went yeah the panel for panel mode oh panel view yeah and it really just made me focus in on all the details, all I could see the the brushstrokes and the coloring. I could see yeah. the the water, the ink do- dopplings that he would put on some of these lines. I, I really focused in on the sound effects in the background, the rumbles and all that from the that's trains. One of my, that's one of my favorite things is when that yep. train goes by. Yep. And the best thing about this is that Sinkevich gets to play. And so he's got some interesting layouts throughout here. Um, he really gets to do a little bit of artsy stuff where he throws the actual newspaper clippings up. Right. So he's, um, you know, he throws all these stories up 
that he's, uh, you know, like I'm in here and it's like an actual Polaroid picture of where he's at. Um, and then that's just, and they're all like, uh, a Rocky battle over money, uh, grab druggies car for keeps, keep homicide, nonprofit, all these like drug tests, uh, all these little things that are in the newspaper. Um, like the Yankees losing all this, like all these newspaper clippings that he's using in there in that one big full page spread. Dude, there's so much art in this and, and I'm not, and this isn't me saying that comic books aren't art. That's not what I'm, that's not what I'm saying. Cause I do love the, the art form of comic books, but Sinkevich just creates like paintings. They're every just panel, every panel removed, framed and put on a wall every panel and it would be the most amazing piece of art i have in the house <laughs> literally almost every panel you are right no let's let's take it from the beginning because i really want to talk about this and so let's kind of yeah. go through it so you open up on kingpin and it's this hulking, He's huge angular but it's still angular like almost yeah. like uh uh the kiss what's the french what that french painting whatever's and everything is all the color palette it's all like this I love his I love his vest. Fairy Man, tale. It's very vest. fairy tale like uh, in yeah. its angles, um, and he's all angular. And the woman is is done almost like photorealistic, and he's not. And so the right. contrast of those two is is this. It really separates him as not a human, almost as something other. Um, yeah, and I thought that was a really good opening. And then when you go to the next page, perhaps some of my favorite and the most 80s art in this book is when you get to Cheryl. When you, when, yeah. you, when you get to Cheryl, the colors, the fashion, the sunglasses, the style of it, it looks like something out of like a White Snake album cover or something like that. It looks, <laughs> it's so, the purples and the blues are so 80s. Yes. There's just like, he masterfully draws everybody. Turk looks fantastic. Turk looks like, like the guy from who sings that. Uh, I always feel like somebody's somebody watching me. Yes, you are right. There's just it is just that whole that whole scene where he's uh, Daredevil has him in the sewer and Turk keeps talking and then it's just a blank panel because Daredevil's not saying anything back to him and Turk just keeps like spilling everything that's happening it, it is. and smile like right here we have him like smiling like uh, on this panel yeah. it's just like you see like the gap in his teeth i've never you you really get a sense of like what a buffoon and like hustler type character uh turk is uh in the daredevil series here this is the most turk that i've seen turk <laughs> i like it is just so pretty everything every single you are right every single damn panel but the panels, Travis, the scene where he saves, saves Cheryl. Did we glitch out? We good? No, my mom's trying to call me. <laughs> uh, so the scene, the scene where he saves Cheryl and does the leap with her is like the prettiest damn thing ever. Oh, and the hair is going. I was just looking yes. at that. The hair is blowing in there. It's beautiful. It's so acrobatic and so, dude. And I, it is, I, I just can't for five bucks, guys, get the damn thing on your Kindle and read it. No, it's so pretty. I, 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 
I disagree with that. I <laughs> am buying this on Amazon as soon. I want this in my house. I want this on a coffee table. It's the size you're talking about. It is of its time period. I'm glad we did this podcast because we haven't done one of these oversized issues. Yeah, and, and I love these so much, and we've never done one. And your history lesson was really great. <laughs> it's it's not just a comic. It's a it's it's it was an experiment in comics right. in the '80s. And if you don't own this, you don't have a comp- at least one of these experiments. You are not a true collector. And this is the one to get. This well, and you have one. one. What? Get. Which one did you buy? Remember, we were in Vegas, and you bought uh, that oh, one. Man. That one. That that weird one. Uh, the one had yeah. the, I forgot what it was called, but it, it's very much like this, where every yeah. panel is. Uh, I yeah, who did that one? I have to look at the, that again. Um, but this, it, it really is just a feast for the eyes. Buy it on. I, I suggest you know what? Buy it on Kindle so you can read it panel panel and just realize how beautiful each of these are. But then you can go buy it online, and you're still under ten bucks. We're really showing yeah. for this nineteen eighties. <laughs> Dude, Miller's, so- Miller's gonna get like a check for like twelve cents. <laughs> I just be like, "Thanks, comic exposure." <laughs> it is, it, it, so it's this experiment where so this size, this is what comic books are in Europe, right? This was a lot of like what French style books were like. This is how they did them. They did them in this magazine format, and not in this sort of like monthly floppy, right? And so Marvel was like, "Well, let's try that. Let's see how it works." And it didn't catch on because kids were buying comic books in the 80s, right? And so they were marketing this. It was a little more, uh, some of these are a little more naughty compared to other, you know, Marvel books at that time. Not all of them, but some of them are. And I, it is just a, I love this style so much. I love these stories. I love the art. That's because even the ones, there's like a, there's like a certain artist who does a, that, um, like a couple of these artists are very similar in their style. They're not the same artist, but they have a very sort of comparable style between them. And right. There's just something about it. That's just, it's this very eighties fun. I dude, I just love it. I don't, I don't know what it is. There's just something about it that I love these books and I'm so glad that you got to read this one. So here's what I want to know. Wait, well, so you're okay. talking about this. Um, you know how you have bucket lists, things that you want to do with your life before you kick the bucket? I think we should have retro bucket lists, things that you can't ever accomplish, but you wish you had in that time. So I wish, this is one of my, this is one of the things I wish upon dreams to, to have. I wish it's 1986, okay? Imagine this. We're yeah. in Rome, a little cafe outside of Rome. We have bright blazers on with shoulder pads and Ray-Ban sunglasses. We're sitting outside <laughs> a cafe in Rome and we've just bought our copies of uh, uh, Daredevil's Love and War. War. There's uh, like some, uh, you know, talking heads playing gently in the background as beautiful Parisian women in scantily clad dresses, windblown dresses and coarse shoulder pads walk past us as we sip our cafes and read through. (laughs) Like (laughs) people on mopeds are going by. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I this is this was such a fun read. I'm like reading it again. I really dug it the second time I read it. So I really, guys, I cannot explain you said, to you. you. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. you. Said what I want to know, Josh. You oh, so here, here's what I want to know, Travis. 
Um, because it's it's just about that time. It's just about that time. What's your favorite panel? What's your favorite panel, Travis? Okay, God, this is like if I had like children to choose from. Right, um, right. Like very it's a real Sophie's choice. It really is. Uh we kind of talked about it. I had thought about this a, a lot when we were going through it. Sometimes we pick our panels last minute, but as I was going through this, I was like, this is gonna be tough. I for the experiment of how it's done, it's not the most detailed, it's not the most water, but that that uh, on page, well, on Kindle, it's like page 26, it's when that train's going by and that rumble and those two long panels. What I yeah. want is that a long version of both of those I can that I can frame. That It's the words rumble coming around Daredevil, right? And then clickety-clack, clickety-clack, the clickety, yeah. changes on it, and it, it's a real clean image, yet at the same time, there's still... Um, it's it's almost muted. Like you can't see a lot of the details of Daredevil, but it's just it was a really cool way to show that uh, his blindness and power, which isn't uh, focused on very much in this book and other panels. Right, I did that. That's a really good one. There is so Travis. We all I you know I say I shouldn't do this, but I've got two. I've had two. One's a full page spread, so it doesn't count. Right. One's a full page okay. spread, so it doesn't count. Super early on, when Daredevil is fleeing Josie's Bar and Grill, and it's him hopping through the window yes. on top of a bus and just sort of like soaring through the air. It's one of the it's like one of the few full page spreads in this thing. Uh, and it is a perfect Sinkevich. It's a city. There's the gleam off of all the lights that he gets to do because he's painting, right? That it, it's just, it creates this real cool thing. And it's that thing that we loved about those old Frank Miller daredevils where it, it's all this acrobatic and you always show him like leaping through panels mm -hmm. and it's there and it's great. And I love it. If you look at the backgrounds of it, I will get to your second one in a second. There's one of them where the hotel signs out is called hotel something, but the lights were out. So it just spelled out hot Lynch when Turk is in the scene and in the background it says hot Lynch on there. And I was like, Ooh, oh, man, Alex, now we're getting political. Wow. What's your second, what's your second panel? Second panel is just because it's a real great comic booky thing. And I love it when artists and comic books do this. It's when Vincent's at his sister's house and she's like wrapping him up and he is sitting on a stool and there is a circle at his eyeballs and a dotted line to the big knife. Yeah, the big knife on her counter because she was uh, she was in her kitchen and he sees the knife um, and then in the next panel, he takes it. But as he's like telling her to watch her language and like, don't be like she says, Jesus. Yeah. Right. Uh, and he goes, watch your language and get me the, some some of the good pills. Uh, and like while he's telling her to watch his language, watch her language, he takes this knife off her counter. Right. Like I love it whenever because you can only do it in comic books. Right. In movies, you would like show his eyes and then you would like the cut camera the would knife. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd cut to the knife. But this lets you have this whole panel. And so you get to look at the panel and then you get to look at. Oh, I see. Right. Like, you know exactly what he's looking at. It's a super comic booky thing. And we've seen when we read like Sheriff of Babylon. And that's one of those things that uh, um, Mitch Garrods does a lot. Four that kids, I just four kids walk in the bank. They do that quite. Yeah, a bit four too. kids walking in the bank. Did that a lot too. That's just this super comic booky thing 
that I love when it happens. And so that panel is not particularly pretty. It's just a, it's just a cool little, like a little trick that you can only do in comic books. Uh, or if you're like, um, what's the, what's the dude, uh, Edgar Wright, then you can do that. Right. right. If you're, if you're, if you're an Edgar, an Edgar Wright would do that in a single panel, it would work. Um, but, uh, it is, this is such a fun book, man. So here, here's and this is what stuff we, we haven't even talked about. Like yeah. the sexy daredevil scenes, which we're not oh. going to talk about. Cause just read the book and you'll know what we're talking about. It's so, there's so many like good. It's like, we could just talk about every panel because every panel is fantastic. It really is like the mirrored green sunglasses yeah. that, that he's that daredevil's wearing when he's uh you know when he's matt when he's matt murdoch and dude how do we not talk about it? he fed a cat to a dog yeah. he takes a kitten yeah and like throws it to a like a wild guard dog it was the 80s it was the 80s he could get away with stuff like that and that and that cat in that panel i'm like oh it's so cute it looks like uh what's the cat from uh puss in boots from shrek <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> and it's like this vicious angry dog and then like this poor giant eyeballed cat that like Daredevil's like, well, I got to climb this building. Or the fact, like I also, we didn't talk about the fact that Vincent is so baboon like throughout this whole thing. It's really terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. His face is really gross looking. So So who would you give this to Travis? Who would you, who would you tell to read this? That's um, not a, who would you, who would you say, Hey man, check this out. uh, Anyone who's a fan of Corey Hart, uh, I would say uh, (laughs) would, would, you know, Put on a Corey Hart album and and read this. It would, it would pair. Very, some people pair sunglasses. wine. Some people pair <laughs> wine and cheese. I pair comics and eighty songs. I'm um, I'm I'm drinking a really good uh, IPA right now, and it's going well with my discussion. I'm drinking a really it's good a, canned coffee um, <clears throat> from the vending machine out here. Um, Wanda. Yeah, Wanda. Um, Is so it cold brew? Uh, it's hot. It's hot. It's hot. Atsui desne. Atsui desne. Hot, but isn't doesn't the can get hot? Yeah, it does. Like you can't like put them in your lap driving. It gets it gets too hot. It gets too hot. That's insane. Yeah. Um. So who do I recommend this to? I think you nailed the beginning. I, I really liked your your argument that this that this book is of its time, and so I think that people, anyone who just loves comics in the history of comics, uh. You know, whether they be like the oversized issues of like what is it, the Silver Age or whatever it is, uh, with yeah. the bigger ones or, or the Treasury editions. Yeah, people who like odds, odd things in the history of comics pick this up because it is a work in itself. Uh, it is a work in itself. If you're a Daredevil fan and you haven't read this story, I think it stands out as something very unique in that character's history, a unique piece. And of course, if you like any of Miller's other stuff, Dark Knight Returns, Sin City, all those things, um, this is a this is a cheap pickup to add to your story knowledge of Miller as a, as right, a writer. Right. So I know I talked a lot. A lot. I might have stepped over on your toes, but no, that's no, what I recommend it to. I, I think I think that you're right. I mean, this is one of those things where. Someone who just likes art might really like just to thumb through it, right? Um, and I dug that sort of gritty 80s story, right? That's sort of like that gross New York that pops up in all of those 70s and 80s films. Um, and we get that here, and it's 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 a non-daredevil daredevil story. And it's it's 
it's good. It's beautiful. So I would just say, like, if you like Daredevil, check it out. If you like, look, if you like Bill Sienkiewicz, check it out. He's so good. Everything he does is beautiful. But there's this is like this great 60 page arc that he gets to just have fun with and gets to sort of like do his thing on uh, that I really loved. Speaking and so Bill Sienkiewicz, uh, yeah. Google it, Google the name and just hit images on Google. And he has the first things that come up are like he's are just art, separate art pieces he's done. He Follow this one, man on Instagram. Has, Follow him on Instagram. He, oh, yes, exactly. He has one <laughs> on the professional uh, where it's Natalie Portman's character. Yeah. And then he's in the, the he draws he draws stuff in her hair and he does yeah. things with game. He of, does a lot of game movie of posters Thrones. and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. my God. It's it's gorgeous. It, it, yeah. Like I want to I want to save up a bunch of money and invest his you want him to do you want a you want a hellboy you want some Kevin hellboy for your wall <laughs> oh josh if only <laughs> uh but guys you should totally check this out super fun uh travis and i are glad you hung out with us mm-hmm. we're glad that you listened to this lovely episode where we got to do a little comic book talk remember that you can find all of our old episodes on www.comicexposure.com uh you can check all those out you listen to us on itunes if you listen to us on itunes give us that give us that good good rating give us that good good rating uh, here's josh, here's my promise to you josh yeah you ready uh yeah. one i am gonna start reading motor girl this week that will be our next comic book club episode did you do you have it do you have it physical or are you doing it digital i'm doing digital i don't have time to wait right. for it to come in the mail like some chunk. <laughs> uh, it only takes two days to get to me but i live in america yeah. uh and so i promise you that that i will that will be our next we've been talking about this for a couple of things i will read that and that will be our next thing uh, also uh we might have a variant before that we, you know we had this really interesting meeting today with some other uh arizona podcasters uh, um the guys over at couch crunchers uh and we were talking about um you know just ideas and podcasting and sharing things. So uh, maybe if we do a uh, variant next, Josh and I will give you a little bit more uh, of what we talked about. Um, and uh, I think there's some really cool things uh, that yeah. we have in the works and we'll put that out on social media as well. But um, just kind of, you know, reaching out to people in the podcast community, the nerd community, uh, the Arizona community. And so we'll talk more about that in our next variant. Yeah, so it, it yeah, so we'll give that a little more talk. So be prepared. We've got a variant episode that'll be next, and then after that, we'll be talking about Motor Girl by Terry Moore, uh, about a girl, a gorilla, some aliens, and uh, PTSD. So it, it's going to be it's it really. I think it'll be a good, interesting book for us to talk about. Um, I tried to get Gabby to read it. We'll see if I can get her to finish it up in two weeks, and then we'll see if we can get her on the show. Gabby, um, Gabby, we accept you. We accept you. Yeah. One of us. So we'll see if we can get my lovely wife, my blushing bride, to be on. The, I hate it when it people call so their wives. Sounds so dirty when you say I hate it. it. I hate it when people so call their wives brides. Gross. I just a blushing ugh. bride sounds so creepy, man. You just turned. <laughs> you got real Vincent on me all of a sudden. <laughs> my bride. Uh, but anyways, so uh, that'll be the next show. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter uh, at Comic Exposure. Facebook.com slash comic exposure. Uh, you can check out and see what we've got going on. Uh, next book will be Motor Girl by Terry Moore. So make sure you're paying attention. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. We're glad you got to hang out with us. Go buy this damn book. Go get it. It's five bucks on it's, Comixology it's, and it's Amazon on Kindle. It's milk money. Yeah. It's less than a coffee. Yeah. Just give up your coffee. Just, yeah, give up your coffee.
What kind of coffee? Get this are you drinking? book. I guess it is less than like a Starbucks coffee. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> when will we see them, Josh? Uh, we will see you on the next trade.